it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. And as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up and feeding your people your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And so as we absorb your word by your spirit, I thank you that every mind will be open. Every heart will be receptive. And literally our lives will be transformed by hearing, receiving, and believing your word. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as we receive this word. And if you believe that, say in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Giving is essential to everyday life. And because God is a giver, you and I, it should be our goal in life to learn how to give like God does. Now, the problem with the average believer, in my opinion, is that we do not like to hear messages about giving. However... If you and I, or if I were to ask how many would like to use or have some more money or resources, I'm pretty sure we would all raise our hands. So just touch your neighbor and tell him he's about to say something hard right now. You cannot have faith for what you do not want to hear. I'm going to say that again. You cannot have faith for what you do not want to hear. Now, I want to read a recent testimony that I received this week. And just so that you know, we get testimonies all the time of people's lives being changed here at Word of Truth Family Church. And so this one I received this week says, Good morning, Pastor. I've been a member of the church for two years now and have been truly blessed. I found the church from my ex-co-worker who had been going for years and loved it here. So I visited the church and the very first time I went, I loved it. I had a problem though. I was going to church where I had grown up in and was involved in many different ministries and I felt obligated. Everybody say obligated. I felt obligated to stay. Well, some time had passed and my sister moved here and she joined Word of Truth. That's right, she beat me joining. I finally took the step and joined some time afterwards. I can honestly say I have never experienced the blessings that God has given me before like I'm experiencing right now. I will be graduating this coming spring with my master's and I became a homeowner when I was told no. Everybody say, that's blessings. I never saw my life transforming like this before. 
I faithfully tithe, give to Project 360, and give offerings. When I look at my life in the past of giving, I would have said, no, not me giving that much. But since being here at the church, I cannot say that I have not learned anything. I begin to change in ways that I never thought I would. I have stretched my faith and trusted God more and more. God has been my provider, my friend in trying times, and I know he can do exceeding and abundantly above I could ask or think. How many hear faith in, in, the, in her testimony? You hear faith bubbling up? All right. Thank you, Pastor, for your guidance. Uh, and I love the way they closed the, the, the uh, email. Your dedicated member. P.S. Now I'm waiting on my full-time librarian position and my husband. I know God will do it. Pray for me on this journey. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for that testimony. And Father, we agree that her husband is on the way and she will meet him at the right time at the right place in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me give you some insight on something. Uh, because as a pastor, I feel one of my ways of teaching is to be transparent. And so what I want to do now is give you some insight on how I continue to grow as a pastor and as a person. So now look at your neighbor again and say he's about to get deep right now. Not only am I always looking for new revelation when it comes to God's word, but I'm also looking for something that will reinforce what I already know and believe. See, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It does not say faith comes by having heard. In other words, it's a repetition of hearing God's word that produces faith in your life. And so sometimes uh, we may come to church, watch this, looking to hear something new when most of the time what we need to hear are some things that reinforce our faith. So let me explain how important the uh, reinforcing of faith is. Because it comes by hearing, uh, understanding also comes from hearing. So once you hear something over and over and over again, not only does it produce faith, but it also produces understanding. And understanding is necessary because if you do not understand what you hear, then now that opens the door for the enemy to take the word from your heart. And so that's one of the reasons that I teach the Word of God. Amen. And understanding becomes the anchor of your faith. And even with understanding, watch this now, some things can slip. And that's why we need reminders. Say reminders. We need repeating. Say repeating. And we need rehearsals. Everybody say rehearsals. What's the purpose of a, how many have ever sung in a choir or on praise and worship or have played in a play or something like that? Well, what's the purpose of rehearsals? The purpose is so that you can rehearse whatever lines, whatever songs over and over and over again to the point where it gets on the inside of you. And that's why Hebrews 2.1 says this. Therefore, we should give heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, I love the Living Bible. It says this. So we must listen very carefully to the truths we have heard, or we may drift away from them. 
So sometimes we have to hear some things that we may know, but the purpose of it is so that it can reinforce our belief system. Now, my goal today is to give you some revelation on what it takes to become and remain a cheerful giver. Everybody say a cheerful giver. We're in a season of giving. People give it, you know, for Christmas and we gave it Thanksgiving. Well, I want to talk to you about what it takes to become a cheerful giver because most people who give have not learned how to do it cheerfully. And so this week, God gave me some insight on how to become and remain a cheerful giver. So if you're taking notes, the message title is, What Makes a Cheerful Giver? Now, this can apply to any area of your life. If you're married, it can be applied there. If you uh, have a job, it can be applied there. Because giving is something that must be done every day, whether you want to do it or not. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find 2 Corinthians 9, and we're going to look in verse 6. And here's what I'm going to do. I may use a lot of verses this morning, but I'm going to try to stay focused on one or two of them because my goal is not so much to throw a lot of Scripture at you as much as, as my goal is to hammer down because some of you in this room, you're fearful when it comes to giving. And I'm going to explain why fear is one of the main enemies of giving. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, and then we're going to go over to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Now, let's start our lesson out this morning by asking a question. Are you seed-minded or are you need-minded? Look at your neighbor and say, are you seed-minded or are you need-minded? Now, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 says, But this I say, he who sows or gives sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he who sows bountifully shall reap also how? Bountifully. Verse 7, Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him what? Give, not grudgingly. Or out of necessity, for God loves a what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. Verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you after you give, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Verse 10 says this, Now He, who is God, that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. And watch what He does with our seed. He multiplies our seed that we keep. What does it say? He multiplies our seed, that's what? Sown. And then he increases the fruits of our righteousness. Now, there are three things that I want you to pay attention to as we read this again. Because I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. But there are three things that I want you to pay attention to. I want you to listen for the principle. Everybody say, listen for the principle. And the principle is what God wants us to do. Then I want you to listen for the process. Everybody say, listen for the process. Now, the process is what you and I can expect to happen between doing the word and receiving the results. And then the third thing is uh, I want you to look for the promise. Everybody say, look for the promise. 
And the promise is the reward or what you and I can expect to receive. Now listen to 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. And it starts out in verse 6 by giving us the principle. It says this, remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone. That's why we're doing generosity during this season. That he will reap generously and with blessings. Here comes the process. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, he takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. Here's the promise now, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Watch verse 9. It says, as it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Who provides seed, oh, it says in verse 10, and God who provides seed for the sore and bread for eating will also provide, watch this, and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus, you will be enriched in all things in every way so that you can be generous. And watch this. Your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Why did I read that? I wanted you and I to see that God has a principle. Everybody say a principle. And that is for us to give. And then there's a process. And that's why the Bible says, as the earth remains, you will experience seed, time, and harvest. Now, I want you to notice that verse 7 tells us what type of giver we should be. It says that we should be a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in our giving. And as I was praying this week, one of the keys, and I have three, that I want to give you uh, is really going to help you and I not just know what giving is about, But understand it from a standpoint that we will never be shaken by what we do or don't have. All we have to do is make sure we sow seed when it's time. Now watch this. This is good. Here's key number one if you want to write this down. Key number one is that we can always be cheerful when we are sowing our seed and not eating our seed. I'm trying to show you now what it takes to be a cheerful giver. Well, you and I can always be a cheerful giver. Watch this. When we are sowing our seed and not eating our seed. Now, I have a question. How, how many in here like fruit? Anybody like fruit? Um, anybody like apples? Apples? Anybody? Okay. Uh, I want to do an illustration here because a lot of times 
when God blesses us with seed, we eat it. Now, I have three men that I want to come, and they're going to assist me this morning with this illustration. And so will you give my three men a great big hand clap as they come up here? Okay, now, if you can see this, these are slices of apple. I washed the apple already. I have sliced it for their convenience because I'm going to ask them to maybe partake. Now, this is not the apples that were in the Garden of Eden. These came from Kroger. So, uh, Bruce, do you like apples? Yes, sir. Okay, so will you just take uh, that one right there and uh, just take a bite of it and tell me what it tastes like. Is it, is it good? Kind of bitter and sweet. Kind of bitter and sweet. It's kind of like those sour uh, candies, something like that, yeah. But it didn't taste bad, did it? Okay, all right, good. Uh, Will, why don't you take that one right there? Uh, just take a bite of it. Tell me what you think. Boy, you took a big bite, didn't you? <laughs> I think he's hungry this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Did you eat breakfast this morning, Will? No, sir. No, you didn't. Okay, well, you can finish eating yours then because I see <laughs> that you like it. Okay, now, Greg, I want you to grab the one with the seeds in it, okay? And uh, I actually want you to... Not bite the apple, but I want you to get the seeds and chew them. Now, just use your mouth. Don't be proper. Okay. Now, what the seed tastes like? It's not good. Now, you can spit it. You can spit it out, right? Well, give me, give me. You going to swallow it? Let's look at his face. Turn around. Let him see your face. Let him see your face. Okay. Now, when he chewed an apple, it was sweet, bitter. I mean, it was sweet and sour, but it was good. We saw that he enjoyed his. But when he ate the seed, the seed left a bitter taste. You know why? Because we were never meant to eat seed we were only meant to sow seed so give my helpers a great big hand clap here is the question that most people don't normally have the answer to how do we know when we're eating the seed or when we're eating The fruit. You are eating seed when it has a bitter taste. Or let me say it like this. We're eating the seed anytime we're eating God's part. Anytime we eat God's part, our seed, watch this now, or anytime we partake of and we keep something that belongs to God, it will be be bitter, which translates, watch this now, into our financial state in life will mostly be a bitter experience. And see, when people are eating their seed, they hardly experience the sweetness of a harvest because what they're doing is eating something they were designed to sow. Are you all with me this morning? So let's look now 
uh, at what it sounds like or looks like when we eat our seed instead of sowing it. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Turn, turn your Bibles. I want you to actually find your Bible and uh, look at Proverbs 3. If you don't have a Bible, they'll put it here on the screen. We're going to look in verse 9. I want to show you what it looks like and what it sounds like when you and I eat our seed instead of sowing it. Let me give you a agricultural example. What would happen if a farmer took seed out, let's say he was growing uh, uh, some plantains. No, that's, that's, that's some uh, Jamaican stuff. Uh, some corn. And he sold the seed, took care of it. The harvest came up. Ears of corn came up. What would happen if that farmer took every one of those ears of corn and ate them? He wouldn't have any seed to sow for the next harvest. And this is why a lot of believers have what I call inconsistent financial harvests in their life. Because uh, there are seasons where they're not sowing their seed, they're eating it. And here's the thing. God doesn't mind us eating some of the, the, the harvest, but we were never designed to eat all of the harvest. And here is why. Because anytime you have a harvest, you have to replant the seed. Amen. So watch this now. Proverbs 3 verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. This is what it sounds like when you and I are givers. Then in verse 10, he says, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, I want to do something that you've probably never had anybody to do to help you and I understand what, you know, what it looks like when we eat our seed. I want to read this verse in reverse. So it would read something like this. Dishonor the Lord with your substance by giving him the second part of your increase. And when you do, your life will be filled with lack and your presses shall experience the same old results. And this is why some people, they want a better financial life, but they're doing the same financial habits. Now just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you, but act like he ain't. Go ahead and tell him. When you and I keep the first part of any increase, watch this. We are financially documenting our reliance on ourselves rather than our dependence on God. Every time we eat our seed or watch this, let me say it this way. We keep the first part to ourselves. We are documenting our reliance on ourselves rather than our dependence on God. And this is why a lot of people... Believers now don't experience God's best. And see, and at the end, I'm going to pray because God wants me to pray for people to overcome the fear of giving. And I'm saying giving in every aspect. I'm talking about giving to God. But but some of you have, you're fearful of giving all of yourself into your marital relationship because of all the hurt you've experienced prior to your marriage. 
So you're holding back. You're not giving all of you because what you don't know is you made a vow from your last relationship and this is what the vow sounded like. I will never let somebody hurt me like that again. Well, let me give you a secret. You are not loving until you're able to be hurt. I'm going to say that on this side. You are not loving unless you are able to be hurt. Because love does not reserve itself. Love gives it all. Amen. So let me give you now key number two. This is keys on how you and I can be cheerful uh, when it comes to giving. Here's number two. When we give, uh, let me show it like this. Let me say it like this. You and I can be cheerful givers when we stop looking from our seed and we start looking from our harvest. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? Most people, when they're giving, their giving looks like a pie. Every time they give, a slice of the pie leaves their hand. And so when they look back at the pie, the pie gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And the, prop, the, the problem with that kind of thinking is that eventually the pie is going to get to the point where you're not going to give anymore because to you, the pie is shrinking. But you and I should have a river mentality. In other words, if... You needed some water and you had a river in your backyard. And so you went and got a pitcher and you got some water from the river and you brought the pitcher in and you watered some plants and you drank some of the water and you gave some of the water to your children and and whatever. Well, would you be fearful of the water running out of the pitcher? No. Why? Because all you got to do is go back to the backyard where the source of the water came from and to get some more. And see, most of us does not see God as the ultimate supplier because if we did, God is that river. He is that supplier. As a matter of fact, go over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. God is our supplier. And most people see their jobs as the supply. And this is why people get intimidated. They get discouraged when they start talking about laying off. And when they start talking about changing and this and that. People, because they see their job as their supply... They get nervous. Amen. Watch this now. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. I'm reading this out of the Amplified. It says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, this is Paul talking, he says, No church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving because you must have both for the equation to be finished except you only for even in Thessalonica you sent me contributions for my needs not only once but a second time not that I seek or am eager for your gift but I do seek and am eager for the fruit 
which increases to your credit the harvest of blessings, watch this, that is accumulating to your account. But, he says, I have your full payment and more. I have everything I need and am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you've sent me. Watch this. I love verse 19. And he says, and my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according, watch this, to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's not according to American Airlines. It's not according to the U.S. economy. It's not according to necessarily the works of your hands. God wants us to work, but we're not working to fulfill our need. We are working to get some seed. And see, here's the thing. The very process and principle that God has given his people to overcome the world system, we're scared of using it. Everybody say years ago. Now, see, I know this is going to be a little controversial, but I'm going to back it up with some scripture. So years ago, when my wife and I, we were just members, uh, committed members of a church. And uh, that particular day, uh, church was taking place. And... uh, uh, We're in church and God says something to me that he's never said since. He said, Evan, I want you to, you all to give everything in all of your accounts. I said, what? So how many know I didn't think that was the Lord? I didn't even want it to be the Lord. So as I'm sitting there contemplating whether I am going to listen to this voice, I lean over to my wife and I said, what should we give? Uh, I said, uh, she's, I said, uh, what should we give? She says, the Lord just told me we need to give it all. I said, doggone it. He speaks to two people at the same time. The same thing. He told her we need to give it all. Well, back then, there was not all of this electronic stuff going on. So I had to tiptoe out of church and get near a phone. And go, you know, call into the bank to see what checks clear, what didn't clear. Because, you know, well, let me just say, young people, checks are pieces of paper (laughs) that you write an amount that you want to give to somebody. Well, I went out and I checked all to see what checks cleared and what uh, what checks didn't clear. And and then I checked out, you know, two or three accounts. and, And so finally I came up with a number. Now, this was on a Sunday, and I got paid on that Thursday. So between Sunday and Thursday, I was going to need a miracle. Now, the good thing about it is the company that I worked for at the time uh, not only supplied me with a vehicle, but they gave me a gas car. So at least I could get to work. So my wife and I gave all of the money that day, and I had never done that before. And uh, so my pastor at the time was going to preach somewhere after service. And so we were going to follow, you know, him to go hear him preach and support him. So when I'm in towns preaching somewhere, y'all come and support me. All right. So I'm uh, so, you know, I'm like, now, this is before heaven. We didn't have no kids and uh, we didn't have time to go home and cook. But we didn't have no money to go eat out either because we didn't gave all the money. 
Well, as soon as service was over, one of the members walked up to me and said, the Lord told me to give you this check. And it was a check for $20. How many know that check was like $2,000 to me? She didn't know what had happened or what we did. She gave me the check and said, God bless you. It was for $20. And I thought, okay, what we're going to have to do is, uh, you know, they didn't have ATM deposits at the time. So I said, okay, Monday morning I will deposit that $20 check. And so what I'm going to do is go to the ATM and take out $10 so we could go to the Burger King, the dollar meal. That's all we could afford. We would eat the dollar meal, and then we would go hear my pastor preach. So, uh, you know, I thanked that lady. I was like, God bless you. You really heard from God. So I got to this ATM. I stuck the card in and uh, punched in my code, and I punched in $10. But $20 came out. I was like, what? So, I, you know, the receipt comes out. So I checked the receipt, and the receipt said 10 but the amount of money was a 20 Boy, I was excited. I was excited. I ran back to the car. I was like, babe, we're going to Kentucky now. Forget about Burger King. We're going to Kentucky Fried chicken so i got in the car and as i was driving off i thought i wonder will that do that again so i turned around i went back see some of y'all looking like oh that ain't right pastor evan that ain't right just hold on hold on so i went back in there and i put my card in i punched in 10 20 came out. I punched in 10. 20 came out. I punched in 10. I just kept punching. I kept punching. I kept punching. <laughs> and so I figured, you know what? They going to figure out something is wrong. Now, what's interesting is somebody came behind me and they, it didn't happen for them. It didn't happen for them. I thought, huh. Now, remember uh, uh, in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were getting ready to exit Egypt? And God told them, hey, go borrow gold and silver and all that from your neighbors and the bible says that the israelites spoiled the egyptians they didn't give it back you know what that was that was just money from all the interest that the egyptians made them work for free well i figured that was just all the interest that bank of america had been charging me all these years now i actually took the money to the bank but they don't have, they didn't have no record of. See, I think what happened is some twenties got stuck in the 10 stack. And it was just waiting on Eben Connor to come. See, some of us, see, some of y'all say, I don't believe that. That's why it doesn't happen for you. Oh, so you're telling me the God that is able to split the Red Sea and cause over a million people to walk through it, watch this, on dry land, that same God cannot supply all of my need? Notice what it says here. And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full 
your every need, watch this, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There is no shortage in heaven. And you and I show how much we trust in God when we trust in either our riches in glory by Christ Jesus, but his. So you and I have to look from our harvest and not from the seed. When you look from your seed, all you look at is your need. Oh, my God, I gave God this. This is all I have left. You're looking from your seed. But when you look from your harvest, you're actually looking from a position that says, oh, he's going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He said he will cause all grace and all sufficiency in all things to abound towards me. And see, the problem is we want to try to figure out how God's going to do his part. If I say years ago, when Pastor Sarah and I, we were engaged to get married. And uh, I was praying, saying, Lord, when do you want us to get married? And this is when I was living in Jamaica and I was in school in Jamaica. So I had lived for two years on my savings, okay? Because, you know, there's a saver and there's a spender in every relationship. I wonder which one is Pastor Sarah. So I did two years. I, I saved my money. And so I was, you know, doing it that way. And the Lord told me, uh, he, I want you to graduate and then get married right after that. I was like, Lord, I don't have enough money for that. And this is what he said to me. He says, are you getting married according to your riches in glory or mine? Now, when we eat our seed, what we're doing is that we're living according to our riches in glory. And do you know that? That my wife, uh, my wife's mother had been working for a man and her, her mom had passed. But when this man found out that uh, Pastor Sarah was getting married, he saw her as his daughter and he paid for the whole wedding. See, you don't know what your seed is doing. Remember, the scripture says God multiplies your seed sown. See, anytime you're working for the seed, all you're doing is adding. But when you learn how to sow your seed, God is multiplying. And I would rather have multiplication any day than just addition. And see, listen, you can work as many shifts as you want to. Listen, I will out increase you by sowing while you're working. If you want to know how to reach other levels, then you got to learn how to give at different levels. And the problem is most people, because I trust, we have a pie mentality, we don't trust that God's going to do it. So let me ask you, how many know you say, if you die today, you know you're going to go to heaven. Let me see your hand. Okay, so why is it that you can trust that God of salvation and know without a doubt that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? Why can't you trust that same God to exercise the principles when it comes to your money? Amen. So here's key number three real quick. Key number three is that uh, uh, becoming a cheerful giver uh, happens when you and I become receivers and not just givers. See, most people, they are great givers. They are poor receivers. The average person, when it comes to receiving, watch this now. I'm about to say something. They're proudful. Oh, that's okay. I don't need it. It's not even about you needing it. It's about you put a seed in the ground and now it's time for you to get a harvest. Why are you rejecting a harvest from a seed you have sown? Pride. 
Amen. If you exercise the boldness and obedience to give, then you should expect and anticipate the benefits of your harvest. You deserve to receive more than what you gave. Now, see, that's an attitude. Everybody say that's an attitude. People say, well, well, you shouldn't. That's pride. No, that's not pride. I'm, I'm just standing on what God said. He says, give and it shall be given back to me in a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to my bosom. If he said that will happen, why can't I expect it to happen? Amen. And here's the problem. The average person, everybody say the average person. Now look at your neighbor and say, but I'm not average. See, people here at Word of Truth Family Church, we're not average. The average person will always be critical of your giving. And watch this. While they're critical of your giving, they will always be jealous of your living too. Amen. Some of you all came here. Boy, I tell you what, you were so broke you couldn't pay attention. I mean, when you came in, you were working for the man. Now the man is working for you. Now, there are pe- listen, I had a, a visitor who came and said, Pastor Evan, when I first came to Word of Truth as a visitor, she said, it was so many raggedy cars in the parking lot. She says, but you know what? I'm so proud of your church. I see all these nice cars now. Oh, no, no. You know how that came? It came because this church has learned how to give. Amen. Come on, give yourselves a hand clap. As I close here, what makes giving to God supernatural is that it just doesn't produce multiplication, but it also has favor that comes with it. See, here's the difference between just natural investing. Like if you go buy some stock and it goes up, that's wonderful. That's great. And I'm with that. But and that's multiplication. But see, what God has in his kingdom is not what the world has in its system. God not only multiplies our seed sown, but the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, and we read it every Sunday in our confession, is that he will cause all favor to abound. So not only will God multiply my seed, he causes favor to come along with it. And see, favor can take you places money can't get you into. I said, favor will take you places money can't get you into. Uh, we, we, were, uh, we, we had the privilege of spending some time with my pastor and their family for Thanksgiving. Uh, how many know it's a blessing to be able to spend some time with your pastor? I mean, it was just great. And so uh, they cooked and, uh, man, great food. So I wanted to take some back to the hotel and warm it up later on that day. But there was no microwave in the room. So my pastor's wife says, you need a microwave? Let me make a phone call. Well, no, she said, just call the room. This is what she told me. Call the room and ask him to put a microwave in there. So I called the room. I said, hey, how you doing? I'm in room, uh, whatever it was. And uh, I'd like to get a microwave put in. Sir, we don't do that. I said, "Uh, excuse me? They said, we don't do that. I said, but you all used to. But we don't anymore. I said, okay. So I told my pastor's wife. She said, hold on, let me make a phone call. So she made a phone call. 
and the proud. <laughs> And the person said, uh, I'll take care of the microwave for your son. But then when I got back to the room, there was no microwave in there. So I called my pastor's wife. I said, there's no microwave in here. She said, hold on for a minute. Then she emailed somebody and who emailed somebody who emailed somebody else and who emailed somebody and somebody told somebody that somebody needed a microwave. Went out, came back and a nice microwave was sitting on the counter in my room. And what is my point? My point is this money couldn't get me that microwave, but favor did. So you and I need to learn how to... I could have told my pastor why. Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. You don't have to do that. And that's some of y'all's spirit. It's okay. You don't have to do that. I'm all right. No, 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 no. God has favor lined up for your life. And listen, don't feel bad when other people around you don't get it. Amen. Everybody's not going to get the deal you got. So I'm going to pray for two people. I'm going to pray for those who have had a fear of giving. And it's because you've had a pie mentality. But I'm believing today that faith has entered your heart. That you will know that God shall supply all of your need. And then I'm going to pray for those who need to learn how to receive. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Word of Truth Family Church. I thank you even for those who may be visiting for the first time. And your Word tells us to lay up treasures in heaven. Meaning that we need to rely on your way of doing things. You said, seek first the kingdom of God and, our, and your righteousness, and all these things shall be added to our lives. And so, Father, I pray for those who had a fear of giving, a fear of tithing, a fear of giving over and above. And, Father, your word says, you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And so I speak to the fear that may be motivating your people and I cancel the assignment I cancel the pressure I cancel the fear in Jesus name and Lord I pray from that they'll start this year and they'll bleed it over into next year they'll start trusting you in a way they've never trusted you I pray for those father who are givers but their capacity to receive has been blocked has been hindered because, Father, they, really their pride has kept them from receiving. But, Father, humility is submitting to your word. And your word says that we can expect to receive when we become givers. And so, Lord, I thank you that during this holiday time, when, it, when we're giving, we're giving to our communities, we're giving to our families, we're giving to our co-workers. We're giving to even our extended families. I pray that you will continue to supply seed for us to sow. 
in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven?